an uneasy feeling that you are not alone. Don't worry. It's just a ghost. A shout out to Tia Mayhem and Tanya Venom of Stormstress for providing the incredible intro music for this podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 53 of It's Just a Ghost podcast. I am your host, Mary Jensen. And I'm your co-ghost, Denise Kennedy. We have a very special guest on our show today. She has been a paranormal investigator for over 10 years. She is the founder of St. Croix Paranormal in Stillwater, Minnesota. Her team has done investigations in well-known locations all over the country. They produce their own local cable TV show called Paranormal Patrol, and they were featured on My Ghost Story on the Biography Channel. She also has a super cool story to share with you about a purchase she made last year, which made her dream come true. We'll talk about some of her experiences here so far, including EVPs and much more. Welcome, Jill Shelley. Hello, Jill. Well, How are you? Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining Hello. us today. Oh, yeah. Excited to be here. Got lots of things to talk about today. All right. Great. Well, what an honor to have you here. Please share how you became interested in the paranormal and what led you to become a paranormal well, investigator. Um, well, I've always been kind of fascinated by all the spooky, scary things. Even um, as a young child, I was just kind of drawn to that sort of thing. And I had my first experience at my grandmother's house um, where we actually had a room upstairs that none of us kids actually liked. It was always very unwelcoming, like somebody staring at you. And one particular night I woke up and I heard footsteps coming from that room and stopped in front of the room I was sleeping in. And you could feel like somebody just like really intensely staring at you, almost like it was just like burning through you. And like I was probably like maybe eight years old. And so as a child, I'm like, I am not turning around to see what's going <laughs> right. on. Right. Yeah, no and, kidding. Uh, <laughs> Under the covers. And uh, then you just kind of. Yeah, you just kind of heard it walk back into the room, and, um, you know, I knew my parents, it wasn't them, because I could hear them snoring uh-huh. next door, and mentioned it to my grandma, who was extremely religious, and I really respected a lot of things that she talked about. When I mentioned it, she's just like, oh my gosh, honey, that's just a ghost, and he ain't gonna hurt you. Oh, wow. Like, oh, so huh. she must have had... I ex- like, blowing it off. <laughs> yeah. So did she have experiences, too? Is that why she was so nonchalant about it? or? Well, she never really said, and I never really talked to her about it. I guess, you know, at, at my age, I hadn't really thought. Mm-hmm. I'm asking her, like, well, why have you... You know, I was just like, okay. And then I was just kind of uh, just really drawn that I wanted to know more about and ghosts and so I would read and go to the library and watch anything that I could find on TV about ghosts right and uh, then with the with the advent of the television shows coming out uh, I was like oh my gosh I can go out and like really do this and right yeah yeah, yeah. Kind of spiraled into that whole next generation of, of investigating right and and did you have any other experiences like through your you know, younger years and your teens before you actually decided to become an investigator? Um, you know, I did have a few instances in our own home, and I don't know if it's something we really fabricated up, 
Um, or if I just kind of remember that maybe my brothers and sisters lied and said, like, a little boy named Billy died here or something. They said they found a letter in the attic. I don't know if they were pulling my chain or not. Right, right. Yeah. As siblings do. So, so I should ask them about that. But anyway. (laughs) Yeah. We did, I did, I did have a few experiences, um, in the home, uh, growing up, probably, you know, pre-teen, maybe teen. Uh, there's going to be a couple times, like, my light in my bedroom would just, like, turn on, like, for no reason. The flip, the, you know, the flippy switch, so you'd have to actually flip it. And then there was another time where, like, the radio kept getting louder and louder and louder and louder. Like, the whole volume kept going up and up and up and up, and it just stayed where it was at, like, 10. Wow. And so we'd have those, but then I would just go, oh, Billy, this is not a time to play, you know. <laughs> and, oh. Right, right. That's so, so cool. Um, yeah, so I had a, a, a few of those that I can remember. And then um, as I started doing investigating, just like right in the beginning, I was, I was kind of at that stage where I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm like really afraid to die. Like I cannot handle if this is it. Like I right. can't be on the ground and that's it. But, I mean, that can't just be it. Right, right. And I couldn't fathom that. And so that's what kind of really got that drive going for me of, you know, what is there really ghost? I need to know if there really is another side. So I feel with all the things that, like I said, I've been doing it for over 10 years, uh, I've proven to myself that there is another side. And so now I can spend a lot of time researching, like, well, what goes on over there? So right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I totally agree with you on that. You do get that feeling. Like, yeah, you know, your body's done, but where's everything else go? Like, you know, your thoughts and your spirit. And so, yeah, that is interesting. And that's what I think about, you know, got to find out where I'm going next. Yeah, absolutely. And because I started doing this, I just moved to Florida about three months ago, three and a half maybe now. And I started doing this up in Massachusetts um, January of last year. Because I grew up in a haunted house. I've had many other experiences. So same as you, you know, I'm intrigued. I need to know more. I, and, it, it, you know, I just need to find out more. And so I started doing that, started the podcast. And I haven't obviously been doing it nearly as long as you. But I've done a few investigations. And I've gotten quite a few EVPs and orbs and stuff like that. Um, so I was thrilled when, when you um, messaged me about, being on the podcast I was like wow this is cool you know and uh, so you have founded your own paranormal team St. Croix Paranormal and when did that happen like how long has the team been together have pretty you- much since 2010 uh, we've had a few people come and go but like our main four people really really stick together we're just like a really super tight-knit family yeah, and that's great. So you, you you have to be able to click and work well together. And um, so how did you meet each member? You want to just tell us a little bit of each each person in your group? Yeah, um, kind of funny enough, Donna and I met the first time in a cemetery. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, actually I worked with uh, her sister-in-law and she knew what I did. And she's like, oh, you got to meet my my sister-in-law, Donna, and so we decided to meet in a cemetery, and we've been, like, best friends ever since. Um, Teresa was actually through one of our, our founding members that is no longer with us, um, so she was always into paranormal investigating, and then Alex actually contacted us 
via the internet uh, to see if we had any availability to take any new members on. So oh, wow. he, he, the poor guy, is, is our only guy on the team, but he really puts up with us girls, so I commend him a lot for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about April 6th, 2010. This is the date you appeared on um, My Ghost Story, which was aired on the Biography Channel. How did yeah. that come about? Yeah. Gosh, that was that was super fun. Um, we actually had caught an apparition that we'd actually seen with our own eyes, and we, at the time, didn't realize that we actually caught it on film, too. Wow. Uh, we were doing a local bar in downtown Stillwater, and... Uh, Krista and I were upstairs just thinking about getting ready to run a spirit box and all of a sudden we're both kind of like oh my gosh it's like so cold it's like I mean it got like ice cold and it was actually like 100 degrees outside even though we were in air conditioning it was still hot it was still not as cold as it felt like ice in there and all of a sudden we looked and we saw this black shadow mask it would almost look like it if you were thinking kind of like the rogue grim reaper in a way. Right. And just was very fast, very quick, almost like a stroke motion, just super fast. And then we'd both look at each other and go, um, <laughs> did you just see that? Yeah. <laughs> like, I did. Um, so, yeah, when we got home and caught it on film, I was even more ecstatic. Uh, so I actually, I had submitted that um, to that to the biography channel, and they, they uh, selected us to be on. So that was really cool to kind of self-celebrity style, you know, they fly right. out to L.A. and take wow. you out for the call. Wow. And they bring you to the studios and film, and, you know, they come running out like they do on the TVs. Hold on, we got a powder bird. Right. <laughs> now, yeah, is that... That was a really fun, fun experience. Right. Is that um, video up on one of your channels? Because I think I saw it. Uh, you know, I can't really find it on the internet because I've looked. I'm sure if you dug really hard, you probably could. And right. then um, I didn't have it on the site because I know they didn't want us to uh, put that up there because they're like the, they're like the owner of the rights to that. Okay, um, right. Yeah. I, I thought I saw it, so, up there. it was probably something similar, but it's like right in front of a window that they were videotaping in this. You just see the black shadow go by. So. Oh, yeah, so that is on our, you're right, that is on our website. We have the photo and the video, I believe, yeah. up on the website. So, yeah, I was thinking of the whole episode from the Michael story. That oh, no, 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 just the video of the um, shadow. Yeah, I'm, I'm jealous because I have yet to actually see an apparition, you know, and, and the fact that you saw it with the naked eye and also captured it on, on film, I think that's rare. I mean, from, I mean, again, little experience here, but... Um, you know, usually if you see something, it doesn't film, or if you hear something, it doesn't pick up. But if you don't see it or hear it, you get it on the, you know, on your equipment. So that's, you yeah, know, that's super cool. You must have been psyched about that. Now, did this, how did this oh, change? I was. Yeah, how did this change your career? Did it change it anyway? Like give you a boost from being on that show? I don't know if it necessarily gave us a boost to get on the show. Of course, we had more interest, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we see, oh, we're getting all likes on Facebook, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I can't necessarily say that it made us any more famous. Although, shortly after that, um, I guess a few people in the low, you know, in our local town would be like, hey, we saw you guys on TV, you know, because we all drive around with stuff on our cars that they think are paranormal. Right. Um, so it kind of got that little 
many celeb status for about a week or two. So, yeah. So uh, Teresa actually got somebody like like pull over, pull over. So she did because she's like, "Is something wrong with my car? Did I hit you?" You know, she didn't know. <laughs> Boy, we just noticed your sign, and we saw you, can you sign this for us? Oh, wow. Well, that's cool to be a hometown celebrity anyway. Yeah, I mean, it, at yeah. least it gave you more exposure, too, so that's good. And then, you know, somebody tells someone else about it and stuff like that, so. I understand you have your own show called uh, Paranormal Patrol on your local cable channel out there. Yeah, um, we're not really running on the actual cable channel now, just with COVID and stuff, because they want X, Y, Z, you know, on productions per week, and since we right. can do that with COVID. Um, so we still do run it currently on YouTube as well. So that, that kind of came about as kind of uh, I started picking up uh, video production just kind of as a fun little side hobby for myself. Right. And it kind of made little, you know, memoirs of every place that we've gone. Yeah. Uh, so that's, yeah. that's kind of where that all came about. So we, we came up with that and found out I could put it on the local cable channel. So we did that for about five years um, doing that. So, but right now it's just, uh, we're just still continuing that, but just on the YouTube fashion. Right, right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's impressive. And I'm sure like that, um, too, has given you a lot of exposure, even if it's just locally, you know. I think that's great. Yeah, so... Hold on one second. We got like airplanes flying over, and that's all right. Somebody will think it's paranormal, but it's not. <laughs> like, ooh, do you hear that in the background? Well, we're close to the airport, so yeah, we are. So, um, so I understand too that you did a morning show back in 2015, um, as well as appearing on several radio shows and podcast interviews throughout your career, and you were featured in Saint Croix Magazine for a private home you investigated. You've done quite a few private home investigations, is that correct? Yeah, we have done, we've done a lot of the private, and we've also done um, quite a bit, few businesses as well. Right. Now, how did you get, like, to do private homes? Um, did you advertise at anyone interested, or how, how did you get that to get, you know, into people's homes? Uh, it's, it's, on our, it's on our website, so I, I, a lot of people, if you just search, like, Ghost in Minnesota or Ghost in Stillwater, we would, mm -hmm. we would pop up, and so that's how they contact, or they're like, oh, a friend of mine knows of you. And, oh, okay. And that type of thing. Yeah, so, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's how we started doing the, the private homes, and, and instead of working on that, and the businesses, usually we would just contact them. Mm -hmm. Right, know, right. Like pretty much all of, all of the downtown Stillwater pretty much is haunted, so we just kind of went in, gave them like a flyer that talked all about us, and those that were interested called us back, and those that didn't, well, we didn't keep it up. <laughs> right. Yeah. So do you charge for an investigation? No, we don't. We consider it research, and so, right. yeah, there's no charge. Right. If somebody wants to give us a donation for something, we gladly accept it to help cover gas and expenses and stuff, but we don't require anything. I mean, we we even had some people that were nice enough that gave us beers and pizza at the end of the night. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, hey, we'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's so that's cool. great that you guys don't charge, and um, you probably get more investigations like that by not charging people to go into their homes or, you know, the buildings or whatever you're doing. Yeah, and I don't know. I know there's a few people out there that do charge for that. I guess since when I started, we never did. You know, I mean, I suppose right. you always want to think, well, I should be paid for my time. But, right. Um, no. I, you know, I, I just feel like it's more of a research, and, and I right. feel like a lot of people 
reach out to you more when they're like, oh my gosh, it doesn't cost me anything. Right, exactly. Yeah. Especially with um, these private homes. I mean, these people are, because I can tell you the number one thing when somebody calls me from a private home, you're going to think I'm crazy. And I'm like, I am not. Right. You're crazy. Right. Um, And so it's hard for them to even, you know, get to that point where they're like, I think I need someone just to ease my peace of mind. Right. And yeah, and, a- yeah, come in, exactly. and actually come in and see if this is really going on or am I crazy? Right. You know? Yeah, because right. I've done a couple private homes back in Massachusetts, and they were actually people that I know anyway. But I really enjoy doing that. And like you said, I would never charge for that because it's research and it gives you exposure and, and just helps you to get out there too, to get your name out there more. So I totally agree with that. And I understand you have hosted events in the past. Like, what sort of events do you do? Like lectures, or how does that work? Um, yeah, we did uh, a couple of talks. We had like one in a library, and then we had another one where the uh, theater uh, they kind of hook up with a couple of these, you know, like haunted hayride type things. Not like fake haunted, but like they'll take them on a hayride through haunted locations. And then one of the stops was at a theater. That we kind of did a little presentation there, and uh, you know, before they went off to go on their little haunts and stuff. So that one, that one was like super fun. We actually had quite a turnout for that one. So I was like, oh, oh there's all these people coming to see us. Yeah. <laughs> right now, do you guys um, do tours for like if you're going to a home or a building? Do you guys allow other people to go with you? No, because we can't control the environment right we do that mm-hmm. um so we never go on like the public ghost tours anything like that uh the only time we've had people come in come with us is either a they might want to join the team and we feel like they might be good fit so if you got to that point we'll take you with us right um, otherwise unless it's like say the business owner because they want to stay with us and, and figure things out or uh, we don't mind having them with us too because they're some more comfortable probably with that person. Where we come in, and they're like, "Who are you?" Right. <laughs> yeah. But I know this guy. Right. Um, right. So uh, we don't. We that's pretty much about the extent on on that about letting other people with us. Right. So if, if someone were to go to one of your events, what could they expect? Like, do you tell them about some of your experiences? Do you show like a slideshow of of some of your findings? What can they expect if they go yeah. to an event? Yeah, that's what that's what we've done in the past. We guys kind of talk a little bit, you know, like I said, about ourselves. Uh, we will go over uh, different, you know, like really cool evidence that we've got to kind of go over that. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we'll bring a lot of the equipment in because these people sometimes don't even know what a REM pod is or what a spirit box is. Yeah. And so we kind of show them what they are and how they work and so they kind of understand the science behind what all goes into paranormal investigating and then of course you know uh, Q&A questions and stuff like that so yeah it's, it's usually pretty good we, we have some pretty good responses back from from uh, things we've done yeah, so we are gearing up now to discuss your super exciting purchase of a haunted house and that would be the Boyd House in Boyd, Minnesota and we can't wait to discuss this but let's keep our listeners in suspense just a little bit longer uh, so you and your team have investigated about how many investigations would you say you've done so far, like ballpark? Oh, oh boy, there's just been so many. Yeah. 
I know, because it's been like, like 10 jam-packed years of right. stuff. Oh, it's probably close. I'm going to say maybe 500. Yeah. Wow. You know, it's, hard, it's hard for me to tell. You know, because we've done a lot of private homes. We've done a lot of businesses. Um, yeah. We've traveled, you know, throughout the United States to the well-known model locations. And then we always, you know, still have a list going of places we want to go. Yeah, because I, I know, like, on your website, you have quite a list of, of different locations, and, you know, including the Waverly Hill Sanitarium and, and Louisville, Kentucky. What's your favorite investigation, would you say, and why would that be your favorite? Gosh, there's like, it's almost like there's a favorite thing about every place I've gone. Yeah. I would say hands on, it's like I had it for the favorite, favorite, like, is Edinburgh Manor in Iowa. Uh-huh. I just love that place because you always get something. I mean, you always walk away with the EVP. You'll always walk away for sure with something. But I think the very first time we went there, we were there's, there's a child there. So this place, if people aren't familiar with it, it's like an old, kind of like an old asylum, like a poor farm. Right. Like a nursing home. And that was like a drug rehab. So there's just a lot of death, a lot of stuff going on there. And anyway, there was a child there that said she's there. Nobody really knows her name. But I was playing with her in, in the playroom. You know, so we were, we were playing games. We were having a lot of fun. And it was like 3 o'clock in the morning. And I was like, okay, well, we better go to bed. Wow. So as we were leaving, I got this EVP of this little girl. And she says, I'm going to miss you. Oh. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I have got to go back again. So every time I go back, I haven't really had any more communication with her. Wow. I don't know if she's moved on or mm-hmm. what. Cause I ha- but I've gone like four times. I just love that place. It's just so much fun. You should bring her a teddy bear next time. Maybe she'll come back. <laughs> Hopefully. She's got all kinds of toys anyway. And right. We always bring, gosh, we have like our own onslaught of toys. Right. We're not too. Yeah, yeah. We use a lot, a lot of trigger objects, too. Right. Yeah. But, no, I was just going to ask if you've ever been in a situation, you know, where you were really afraid or frightened or felt some uh, need to leave the place that you were in? Um, well, I've had several scary, scary, scary experiences. Um. For me, personally, like, one scary thing was funny that you were talking about the Villiscax murder house. That was our very first place we ever went for investigation at a well-known haunted location. And I will tell you, I was scared to death to be in that house. Really? <laughs> wow. And, and, um, and, and that was just because it was our first one in the history and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was sitting on one of the beds upstairs, and I was waiting for my friends to come. They were in the little attic area where the killer was hanging out. And I was just waiting on the bed. We were going to do some stuff. And I was like, doo, 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 doo. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the whole bed just started bouncing up and down like somebody had jumped on it. Right. Because they were very, the old, springy type. Yeah. Beds. So you knew somebody, like, popped their butt. Like, I think one of the kids. Kids did and it, just, yes. Like, jumped on the bed. And yes. I, I flew off that bed <laughs> so fast. <laughs> ran down the small hall and of course I took my friends out because they were coming out they're like what they're like stop jumping out that bed <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah that's and crazy so well, we went right back in there and, and I apologized to the kids I'm like so sorry right. you startled me yeah um, yeah that was that was my personal experience but it, um, I think one of our biggest things if you ever had to look back is Teresa, who unfortunately we call her a paranormal punching bag because she's the one always getting scratched and, oh, wow. and tossed and whatnot. Wow. 
But we were at uh, Whispers Estate in Indiana, which is known for a lot of very negative energy activity at that house. There's a particular walk-in closet. It's it's a huge walk-in closet. Like there's a table in there, chairs. And the guy, the story behind it is one of the, the guys who worked there on the day of his retirement dropped out of uh, a heart attack in front of that closet. And he was probably really ticked off about that. Right. So there's a lot of people who get scratched in that closet. They get locked in that closet when it's kind of the old-fashioned tip it up, slide it over, wow. drop it down latch. So they're not even figuring out how that's even going down. Oh, that's and terrifying. there's a lot of uh, negative stuff, and so, of course, we had to go play in the closet. Right. And, um, but in my head, with it, and I don't like closets anyway, so I kind of blew it off in mind, but in my head, I heard a voice say, get out of this closet. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. So I got out of the closet, didn't say anything to Teresa, because I thought it was my own paranoia. Mm-hmm. And she's sitting way at the back of the closet, just sitting on a chair. Oh, my she's God. talking. All of a sudden, the spirit box says, shut this door, and we didn't do that either. So her and that chair come flying out of that closet. So she flew about four feet with that chair into the hallway. Like wow. she said, something picked it up and threw her out of that closet. Wow. That, that was like the most negative thing that I've actually witnessed. Right. Like, and she right. actually felt, I'm sure... You know, we tried to debunk it. I'm like, are you sure you didn't fall over? She goes, do you see where the chair is right, right. where I am? Yeah, if yeah. I fell, I would just fall forward. I wouldn't be out here. Yeah, you don't so fall like, like, like no, four, there. You don't fall four feet away and clunk, you know. <laughs> That's funny. But that it must have had right. a lot of energy to throw her like that. Right, and she's like, oh, you could feel it, pick it up and everything. She's like, I could totally feel it. Wow. So we're, in, in your professional opinion, um, where do you think whatever did that spirit or whatever that was able to do that, where do you think they got that energy, that much energy from to be able to pick up a chair with a person in it and throw it like that? Yeah, I don't know like how much it takes them to recharge or anything from yeah. that or are they take them really a lot of energy. It's really weird because we all, like from the get-go, even from the walkthrough, the whole you know, if you ever had that cobwebby feeling like you got cobwebs in your face? Right. Yeah. We were like that all night long. Like, we, if you watch the video, we were just wiping our faces all night long. And it was just this constant energy in the air. So I don't know if something was weird going on that night or, like, maybe they had a major, you know, EMF problem in their right. house. that our, like, day twos weren't going crazy or anything. Yeah. But even one of our guys stepped out like for about five hours. He's like, I can't even be in here. I wow. Can't. Yeah. So did so, she get scratched or anything when he threw her out of the closet? She got scratched. But yeah, she got scratched on the tour, actually. So I think she was already marked from that get-go. Oh, okay. Because it was like all night on her. Right. Oh, that's just crazy. So, uh, shut the door and locked it and just said, you can't come out. You need to leave us alone. And then everything kind of died down after that. Right. Yeah. So it was kind of, yeah. kind of interesting on that. So with something like that, that negative energy that you felt in that home, what do you do when you leave the house to not bring a spirit with you? We all have our own little thing. I personally just pray mm-hmm. and say that you have to stay and that God's protecting me and you can't come home. Right. Um, yeah, that's what Couple we do. Of, you know, Teresa, she likes her holy water, and she's got, like, her cross and, and things that she carries on her and some ambulance, you know, good spirits with her. Right, yeah. And it's her own thing. 
Yeah, we usually do a prayer before and after. Yeah, and like same thing, you know, you need to remain here, you can't come with us, stuff like that. So yeah, so I guess that's pretty common to do. All right, so here it is. You have heard Jill talk about her career, her St. Croix paranormal team, but you haven't heard how she made her dream come true when she purchased the very haunted Boyd house. So exciting. I mean, what paranormal investigator wouldn't want to own their own haunted house? Right? I mean, that is a dream come true. So how did this all come to be? Yeah, traveling to all those haunted locations kind of gave me the idea, like, oh, boy, it's like mine, that, you know, like, as you were saying. So uh, 2018, financially, I was able to fulfill that dream. I was actually able to look, but you kind of go all on the internet, like, nobody's going to say, hey, my haunted house is for sale. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, how you find them, so, so. Uh, it's nicely enough, my realtor who I bought my, my non-haunted house from, <laughs> she, um, she knew what I did, and I and I kind of called her and said, this is what I'm looking for, it's what I want to do, but I got to investigate it, too. Right, yeah. So um, she's like, well, you pick the house, and we'll get it set up. So I would just kind of go through the Internet and find houses that I thought looked really cool and right. that I was drawn to. And I came across the boys' house. And was super drawn to it, just just the whole interior. And it's really, I don't know what it was, but you know, like when you see something, you're like, that's the one. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly how it was with the Boyd house. It doesn't look like it would be haunted, like some of the haunted houses look. I thought it was a pretty nice looking home. Yeah, yeah, well, we've like, redone a lot. <laughs> but when, I, uh, when we went to go look at it, uh, they were running a little bit late, so I was sitting outside with Donna, and we were just kind of eating some lunch in the car, and I was like, you know, you kind of feel like something's staring at you through the attic. She goes, yep, but I wasn't going to say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of got that uh, standoffish feel when we got in there, uh, but our rep pod went off within 10 minutes of being there, and we got some really good spirit box responses. One was a woman that said, who are you? They had to kind of figure, okay, well, now they're like, they don't know who we are, and why are these people even trying to talk to us? Right. You know, this is kind of strange for them. Uh, so, I was like, okay, well, I can't, like, base it on that. So, I, I contacted a, a medium that I really trust, and she said that, oh, for sure, there's, like, six spirits there. And interesting enough, she said that uh, one likes to garden and come through the back door all the time. And I was like, okay, well, that's kind of interesting. And then I talked to, I was like, I got to just ask the owners. But, yeah, I mean, they've lived there for 30 years. They've right. Had yeah. Uh, so they didn't really want to talk a lot about it. They do now, but they didn't when I was asking to inquire about right. the house. Right, um, But the, the mother, you know, they were, you know, an elderly couple um, done raising their kids and such. And so she was like, well... I always thought there was really something funny about that house. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but she said that she used to hear old time music playing. Um, her one daughter really saw a lot. They saw a lot, a man quite a bit. It just had lots of different experiences and they kind of blew it off as uh, she's crazy. Right. So she didn't really talk a lot about it, but now that we've kind of, come forward they see what we're doing the town's kind of accepted what we're doing boy a lot of people are coming forward and telling me stories about the house and when they stayed there one time on a sleepover right um circling back to what the psychic said about the gardening 
I never told anybody that story. And a lady told me that her daughter has a gift that she can see spirits. And she said, yeah, she sees a guy gardening in the yard all the time. And then he just goes back into the house. Wow. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. I never told that to anyone. And so now that the psychic said it, you said it, that really, you know. There is a guy going through the back door. <laughs> and then and then I found out the old owner, because we got history on the stuff. His name was Fred Eckhart. He loved to garden. Oh. And he died wow. there. And he used to own the house. So we know he's still there. We get his name quite a bit. So we know Fred's still there. So yeah. that's really interesting that we have telling us that yeah because yeah. i was going to ask you um before the 30 years that the you know the couple lived there who owned it previous yeah so when you found this house and you went to go look at it um you didn't know right then that it was haunted right until you went in and you said you felt like it was there was something you didn't right, know right right yeah i had no no idea i was just kind of going off my intuition yeah. And being really, really drawn to the house. Now, I'm, I don't feel to myself that I have any sort of true abilities, uh, like as far as psychic or anything like that. But I do have a strong intuition that I do follow. Mm -hmm. I guess maybe it could be a little something something there, but um, that's kind of what really draws me to the house. Yeah, and so obviously you went through with the purchase. And so you actually live in the house now? No, I don't live in the house. Um, like I live in my non-haunted house that I like very much. <laughs> and uh, you got to shut those like, spirits you know, off. Isn't it funny? <clears throat> yeah, funny as an investigator, really don't want to live in a haunted house. Right. You know, I kind of feel like they're always watching you all the time. Uh, yeah. So I would never really feel alone. <laughs> so, um, but but yeah, so we get we get down to the house when we can't get down there. Uh, when we first bought it, it needed you know some work, so we kind of brought it all back to the 1900s. Did all the old Victorian wallpaper, laced it all with pretty much all Victorian furniture, um, and then we started as as I'm getting to know more about the spirits that used to live there, things that they had. I've actually spoke to their grandson who came over and gave me a tour and told me all the stuff they used to have and things that he remembered and. So I've been collecting those items and kind of bringing them in as gifts. Wow. You know, oh, so I've yeah. been really appreciating that. Right. I'm sure they're happy you're bringing some stuff back for them. Yeah, that's great. So, um, yeah, you did some investigations before you, you bought the house. And um, I read that you still do investigations here and there yourself, your team, right? Yeah, we've been on a, a couple. We got one coming up in, a, in another couple weeks here, um, but then primarily we just focus on the Boyd House right now. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's... We're hoping to hit, hit some more of it. Uh, you know, a little gamut of places we want to go, but but yeah. yeah. So that's kind of what we're up to in uh, 2021. Oh, great! So, do people are people allowed to tour the Boyd House at this moment? Uh, we don't just do tours. What we do is private overnight paranormal investigations at the house. So okay. you don't have to be an investigator to, you know, rent it out. Anybody can rent it out if they want. Um, so we do allow people to do that. Have you had a lot of people doing it since you bought the house? We probably, yeah, we, like I said, we opened in 2018. We probably maybe had like 200 different teams or people through oh, there. wow, that's great. That's good couple years last month and uh, the month in June and 
July were pretty busy. Like I didn't have any weekends available. It's starting to open up a little bit more, but um, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's so great. Staying busy and they have a lot of good activity coming out of it. Yeah. Um, so how would somebody go about that? They, they now they can go on your website and um, contact you through that to uh, try to set up an investigation. Yeah, a couple different ways. You can uh, go to stcroyparanormal.com and then hit contact us. You can go through that. Or you can direct email us at boydhouse217 at yahoo.com. Or you can find us on Facebook, either St. Croix Paranormal or Boyd House. Mm-hmm. You can private message us that way, too. Okay. Now, when you have people come in there to investigate, um, they're there overnight, right? We let them have the house. We give them a really nice amount of time. I feel we get them can have it from 3 p.m. until noon the next day. Oh, that's a long time. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. You know, as an investigator, I kind of thought, well, you know, sometimes you feel so rushed. Like, you got to hurry up and set up, and then you got to mm-hmm. wolf your dinner down so you can get some time in, because then you got, you know, and then, then you got to cut your investigation short because you got to sleep a little bit because you got to drive. So right. I just thought, you know, this would be plenty. Yeah. That's awesome. You give them that extra time to do that. It's funny you say, like, so they have some time to sleep. I, I don't know whether I'd be able to sleep or not, but it's good to have that option. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I would or not. You know, it all depends, like, how you feel in there and, and stuff like that. And I guess if you're tired enough, um, you can probably take a nap. Lay down on someone's bed and get shooken out? Yeah. <laughs> so... The spirits that, that are in there, so you told us about the gentleman that used to garden and that that he died there. You know he's still there. Um, do you know, have any idea who any of the other spirits might be that you've come across? Well, we're pretty sure his wife, Minnie, is there as well. She, they both died in the home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have two female voices that I get, two different female EVPs that I get, but every I have yet to actually really get a name from them. Uh, we, you know, we get different names, but nothing that's correlating anything that's on my deed right. or to that. So we're not 100% sure who the women are in the house at this point. Right. Uh, we do know also that two of their children passed away, one in infancy, and then one, I believe he was like five, and he choked to death. Wow. So we wow. do get a lot of child activity in the house. A lot of people hear kids giggling. Um, running up and down a plane, so we do hear that as well. So I'm not sure if that's one of the children. Um, I've got yeah. different children names as well, so I'm not even sure what his name is. Right. I mean, I, I know his real name in the graveyard is David, but I haven't gotten that name yeah. as far as the EVP or being told right. that name, uh, but I, uh, it's nothing that's real correlated. We have a lot of names of, of spirits we don't really know who they are because there's no correlation but they're there quite a bit right so i'm still trying to think that out but we have a lot of history with the land because our deed itself goes back to like 1890s and the house wasn't even built till 1901 right and the town was owned by the railroad so there's a lot of history there and they were also butted up against the two dakota reservation line uh, as well so there's there's probably a lot of stuff with that entail too because that's just because there's you know the land could be haunted and the building right. could sitting yeah. there. Exactly. Right. Yeah, and and I wanted to ask you, um, an old house like that, um, did it come furnished? 
No, the only thing I got left was a piano, like an old piano, which uh, they were probably thrilled when I said you can leave the piano. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Why would yeah? Why wouldn't you wanna? Leave that there. You gotta have a piano in a haunted house. Right, absolutely. Someone's gonna play it. Somebody's gonna play it. Have you ever heard it being played? They do. They do? They do play it. I have not myself heard it. I've gotten people sending EVPs of hearing the piano and just go ding, ding. It's really out of tune, but yeah, we've had the piano play. Um, Other than that, they leave us like one little desk or something. And a bed, which I've since replaced. But yeah, really nothing. I was kind of, a, you know, hoping I could like find some really cool artifacts or something. I suppose yeah. if I tear a wall down, I right. would. But. <laughs> yeah, you never know, like under the floorboards or whatever. Because I was wondering if, like, if there had someone, you know, they had left like a lot of antiques there. Because I know a lot of times people get attached to atta- it. Yeah, when you buy an antique, you know, there could be something attached to it, and I think that's a lot of people's hauntings, at, you know, antique collectors and stuff like that. So yeah, we you- did fill it up with a bunch of antique Victorian furniture, so we could have, you know, drawn in from that. I've bought some dolls yeah. that are supposedly haunted, so that could be something. Right. You know, yeah. there's, there's just a lot of history. We did actually get um, a chair and a bench that was original to the house, um, there's just two different discrepancies on which family it came from. Um, so it could be the Eckhart family or it could be the family that lived there after them. But when, either way, it was original to the house and we got it back. How did you obtain it? Uh, actually, the city council people had it and they wanted to get rid of it and they knew it belonged where, where it came from. So they asked me if I wanted to buy it back. So I said, yeah. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I'll take that. Thank you. Right. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yeah, so what sort of feedback have you gotten from um, other investigators that have come in and stayed the night and done investigations? What have they got to say? Have they gotten a lot of EVPs or anything like that? Yeah, we get quite a bit of feedback. Um, if you go on our Facebook page, I try to share anything that people have sent me. Um, for the most part, I don't necessarily hear from people, but we do have a journal that we have there that you know, a lot of people write in that more than what I hear back from. Yeah. So a lot of good things in there. So just everybody's got different experiences. Like some people, you know, they'll hear the kids running. They'll have like their feet played with that night or their blankets tugged on. Wow. Some people see things on, on the stairwell. Like they feel like somebody's peeking over the stairwell. A lot of equipment in action. We get that. Um, audible voices, people hear that kind of, all that kind of stuff too. So yeah, it's just really good stuff. So how many people do you allow in for the night? I, we do up to eight people just because I feel like if you go more than that, I mean, it is a 2,100 square foot home. We do have four levels to the home, but I just kind of feel like if you start putting too many people in, it gets really packed. Right. And yeah. I don't think you're going to get as much activity and because it's a older home with not very good insulation, you can kind of hear what's going on on the floor above and below. Um, so that, that kind of creates a little bit of contamination too. So what would it cost somebody if they wanted to come in and do an overnight investigation? We charge $175 for the night. For eight, up to eight people? For up to eight people. I know. People are like, girl, you need to change. Are you crazy? I know. That's amazing. I know. I I really, I want to make it as an investigator right now. I I, got to change. I'm going to up the price next year by a little bit. 
Right. Um, but I want to keep it affordable for people to come because I know as an investigator, I mean, these things get really expensive the time you rent the place. And right. you got to drive your equipment, your gas. And as long as I'm doing good and keeping afloat, I'm going to kind of pass that on to my investigators, too, because I also feel that you get more more people coming yeah. versus, you know, oh, it's 400, so now not as many people are going to come. And I right. want as many people to come as, as they can, right. you know, just because I want everybody who's into it to be able to have that experience. Well, yeah. that's awesome that yeah. you are. Actually, what you're doing is paying it forward, Yeah. you know, so that's awesome right. that you do that. Right. Yeah, and oh my God, we would love to be able to. Come I know there one and of these days. Investigation. <laughs> At some point, yeah, we'll be contacting. I don't know when, um, because you know we are just getting started down here, and that's what we're finding out. Um, you know, we're actually going to be investigating. It's called the May Stringer House in um, Brooksville, Florida. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but that's got quite a history to it. Um, have you ever heard of that? I house? have not heard of that. Oh, no, it's... I haven't, but yeah. Yeah. It's anything haunted is interesting, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. No, you should look that up online. It's the May, May Stringer House in uh, Brooksville. Brooksville has got a lot of haunted stuff up there. Oh, Lots. yeah. That's a hot spot, yeah. I tell you. Yeah. You know, we've done two cemeteries. No, one cemetery there. But, I mean, just like it seems like a lot of places that we're looking up to try to get into Brooksville, Brooksville, but right. I'm like, geez, maybe we should just go there for like a month and just investigate the whole place. You know? I know. It's crazy. But back in the day, it was more like a slave town and the Civil War and stuff. So a lot of the places around there are carrying spirits. Yeah, they're just everywhere there. Um, you know, and, and we've done a couple of cemeteries, and that's all we've done so far together down here. I've done a few other things up in Mass, but, you know, I mean, we love doing the cemeteries, but we want to get into houses and businesses and, and stuff, but that's what we're finding, like, and I get it, you know, everywhere charges, and it can get expensive. Um, do you know, like, if there, have you ever done any in, like, a business or something where they didn't charge you? Or that you would just give them some yeah, sort of donation? Yeah, like like local businesses didn't charge us at all. They were kind of really happy to to have us out just to kind of confirm uh, mm -hmm. what's going on. Right. So okay. their employees, they're not freaking out. But, yeah, I, as far as, like, if you were going to go to, like, you know, like you say, Waverly or Evaliska, I mean, that is their business. So yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I totally get it for, like, places like that. You know, they're famous haunted locations. And even, the, you know, the May Stringer House, it is one of the most haunted houses in Florida. And we won't even get to investigate it until, I'm not sure if it's going to be November or January yet, because they are so booked. Right. You know, they have, they mm -hmm. just do, you know, allow investigations on Saturday nights, and that's how far out it is, because they said everybody wants to investigate that they get investigators from all over the country and that's why i was like oh i wonder if jill did that place you know <laughs> well but i want to look into that because we actually just started talking about let's fly instead of driving just not bring so much equipment right yeah, yeah right <laughs> absolutely i would look at i would definitely look into that if i were you but we did find uh denise came across something from another paranormal group in our area that they actually have done investigations at that house a few times and they started doing it where they'll open it up to I'm not sure how many people 
I know it's only I'm a not few. either, but and they charge fifty five dollars if you want to go in there with them. And they're like, we have equipment you can use, or you can bring your own. You can hang with us, or you can wander on your own. So we're like, and that's in September. So we're like, you know what? Let's do it. We got the last two tickets, and we're psyched because. We get to get in there before our investigation, so we get a feel for the house and where, you know, where to go and where to set up. So we're really psyched about that, you know. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything else at this time that you would like to say or talk about having to do with the Boyd House or anything else? Yeah, just if uh, anybody's interested in coming out and... uh... Second on a place that's got some pretty good activity. Uh, you know, never, never a guarantee you're going to get something, but right. we run the gamut from footsteps to audible voices to equipment interaction and being touched. And <laughs> well, I would def I would definitely know. like to do that. Yeah, yeah, you're going to be on our list for when we can, you know, travel out of state. <laughs> yeah, when we're able to start traveling to locations, I definitely want to check that out. Yeah, so there it is, folks. A paranormal's investigator's dream come true. I mean, that is just the coolest thing. And uh, like I said, we'd love to come to Minnesota and investigate the house someday. So you are on our list. Love yeah. to have you guys out. Yeah, so we have been talking with paranormal investigator Jill Shelley. Yeah, thank you for joining us today. And it has been such a pleasure talking Absolutely. with you. Absolutely, it has. So happy haunts. Well, and- thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, anytime, anytime at all. Happy haunts, and uh, let's talk again soon and catch up again. Yeah, we'll talk when we're going to go out there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, so Jill sent us a few EVPs that we are going to share with you right here. The first two are from the Velisca Axe Murder House in Iowa, and here is the first one. So that one sounded pretty clear to me. Jill said that they are saying right here, and that's exactly what I heard. And here is the second one from the Velisca Axe Murder House. In that one, they said, we both play. And um, I heard that clear as day as well. I hope you did too. And now we have a few from the Boyd House. Here is the first one. So that one you can hear somebody talking and then you hear someone say, don't hurt me. Here is the next one from the Boyd House. Wow, I can't believe how clear all of these are. She's really lucky. So did you hear what I heard on that one? Game over at midnight. And here is one final one from the Boyd House, and this is a man speaking, and it's super clear. Here it is. So I hope you heard that. I heard a man say, you can build it. So those were incredible. Thank you for sharing with us, Jill. And um, please visit our YouTube channel. The link will be in the episode notes as well as on our website at itsjustaghostpodcast.com. And you will hear the EVPs and pieces of this interview, as well as seeing some videos that Jill shared with us um, that are very interesting. And on the website, 
you can see the pictures that she sent us and some other pictures that we have on there of the house and things like that. And again, the website is it's just a ghost And thank you everyone for listening and we'll be back in two weeks with another episode. And remember, ghosts are people too.